powered up. We have had to conform to a certain social game. And so we are in a constant state of competition. In terms of that competition, we can, of course, lose place. And in that sense, make mistakes. This is the secret. You can't make a mistake. Welcome, everybody, to Friends of Failure. I'm your host, Sam, and this is my co-host, Megan. Hey, I am super excited to introduce you to Diana Morris. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you both doing today? Doing great. Better so now. It's a wonderful... Yeah, s- yeah uh, <laughs> now that we're here, right? Uh, the moment that I've been waiting for, right? The weather's been been gorgeous outside, so I've, I've been really just embracing it. I don't know how much you know about the cold, but here in Texas, it gets down to like 40 degrees sometimes, you know? (laughs) Well, yeah, I'm over in Brooklyn, New York, so we're there. We're slowly (laughs) rising in the temperature, which has been lovely to see everyone out and about because it's been cold. The lowest it gets in New York, though, is like 50 degrees, right? I mean, it's pretty warm (laughs) all year round, right? It's like Hawaii, but... Pretty basic, pretty temperate, you know, the usual... (laughs) Nothing extreme, nothing locking you inside. By the beach all the time. Yeah. (laughs) Super excited to have you here. Um, You know, before we really dive into conversation, I would love to kind of hear just a little bit about yourself. Like, what do you do? What what are are you about? You know? Absolutely. So I am a clarity coach who essentially helps individuals in most of the life they've been gifted, um, specifically by helping them make decisions or find clarity in any area of their life that is most meaningful, right? A lot of times we follow this path of what we quote unquote should do. So we get the degree, we find the person, we get the job, we have two and a half kids, maybe a dog, white picket fence, stay at the job, eventually retire. And that's when we live. I got tired saying that. I know a lot of people get tired living that. So my role and my mission is really to help people make the most of the one precious life they have by helping them identify what do you actually want for yourself why do you want this thing and how can you bring together all of the experiences you already have, all of the resources at your disposal to make it a reality? So that is the succinct way of putting it together for you all. Now everybody knows why I'm so excited about uh, introducing you and doing this, right? Because um, all their minds just no, exploded, yeah. Right. There, there's a such thing as a clarity coach and it's like, yeah, man. Um, which, you know, a couple of questions right out the gate is the first one would be, are there similarities to when people are like life coaches? Mm -hmm. Um, I I assume maybe they have similarities or it's not the same thing, right? So it is very similar, right? And Mm -hmm. I don't think it's the same thing because when I look at life coaching, it's really, you're going with, you know, a specific area that you want to focus in on, right? You kind of have this idea of what things should look like for you and you want someone to help you guide, you want someone to help guide you along the way. When I speak about clarity, it's understanding why do you want that specific thing, right? Mm. If your job is ruining your life and you can't stand what you're doing, why don't you like it? Let's get to the core of what's going on. Otherwise, you're just putting Band-Aids on an issue that actually might need surgery. You know what I mean? So really the deep underlying issue so that you can be clear and have a specific roadmap that you want to follow that you've defined for yourself to move forward with. 
That's so awesome. Cause, cause you're right. If, if you don't know why you hate the job and you break up with that job and go start another job, Oh, it's wait a minute. How did I end up in the exact same spot? Yeah. Right. So the next question would be, I mean, did you have like this epiphany and you were like, this is what I was meant to do? Or did you see something like what took you down this path? A little bit of that. Yeah. Kind of, it was a moment of, Oh, this is, I do this. So my background, my official training is in higher education. So I spent nearly a decade working in colleges and universities um, and everything, you know, starting as a student leader, orientation leader, I was one of those happy people welcoming you to campus all the way up to my- waving, right? Yeah, exactly, my little sign. Um, All the way up to my most recent role in student conduct. So essentially what I would do at, you know, these places, I would help students make the most of their college experience. I'm specifically looking at, okay, let's talk about Friday night. What was going on with your decision-making what was going on there? So in that realm of my professional world, then alongside that, my personal life where people would just come to me for advice. They know that I was objective. They know it was logical. I could help them cut out the fluff and just get to the core of like, what do you actually want from this situation, right? If you text this person, what do you want to happen? Let's think about all the possibilities. If you apply to this job, what are you looking to gain? Let's look at all the possibilities. And then I realized that I didn't just wanna keep it to the people who knew me. I didn't wanna keep it to my friends, family or the students I happen to work with because this is a universal thing that people can be supported with. So I made it into a business, a side hustle as they call it. (laughs) And then really refined it, worked with my own coaches to figure out, okay, how do I succinctly explain what I do? And that's where the Clarity Coach title came in. And this is what I do full-time now is help people with these conversations and decisions and next steps. Love it. Uh, yeah. I, I assume this isn't strictly just New York, right? Like I, I'm assuming you can do this period, right? Like anywhere, as long as you have like a connection. <laughs> Zoom is my best friend. So I work with people across the globe <laughs> all the yeah. time and all days. So yeah. Just need Wi-Fi. That's pretty- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the, and the reason I asked is because I'm sure there are people that, well, okay. So like the three of us, I'm sure we've come across information before and went, that's a game changer. Like, why didn't I know this before? And then it's like, Hey, I, I want to do that. Right. Like clarity coach is a thing. I need that. I want that. People obviously can like stumble across you, be referred to, uh, you know, find you in some form or fashion, but has it gotten to that point for you where, I mean, it's like, Hey man, I'm, I'm in Europe, but can you help me out? And then, of course, you're like, do you have Zoom? <laughs> yeah, so I've had conversations with people all the way in Australia about what this could look like for them. And some mm. things that are interesting when I do work with people outside of the States is, you know, a lot of my work is grounded in the stories we tell ourselves about what's possible, required, and optional for our life. And America specifically has specific stories we tell ourselves about what's required, optional, and possible for our lives. So it's interesting those conversations when I'm speaking Mm -hmm. to someone with a completely different cultural upbringing, what their stories look like. So I have had conversations with people, they come to my workshops, they are able to get something because it just highlights that it's a universal truth. It doesn't matter where you live, there are certain things that you need to navigate. Um, So in that regard, it's been really interesting that Zoom can connect us in more ways than one to help you realize that there are options and there are other possibilities for you. Yeah. And I like how you mentioned that, like, it can be different depending on your structure, the society you live in, kind of that stuff. But what you keep finding out over and over again, we're all human. We all just, you know, want some 
happiness at the end of this life or during it and in the middle, you know, and you're finding that common thread of how we all are linked by that a little bit. And I'm sure that's helped you not just be a clarity coach, but find clarity in your job, which is just inception a little (laughs) too, but has going through this journey, like brought back some reflection on you as well too. Absolutely. Like every day I feel like I'm learning things and I'm just dropping it on my Instagram stories. So like, I had this thought as I looked at a leaf. Did you think about (laughs) (laughs) like, those are real moments that have happened. Um, And I think it's, it's a testament to the fact that I don't think we ever stop learning, right? There's no one who has it figured out. If anyone tells you they have it figured out, they are not telling you the truth. And you should be very weary, right? Because each day we're gonna get new information. We're gonna have to make different choices. We're gonna be confronted with new things about what we thought, what we knew, yada, yada, yada. So for me, it's exciting because I just get to talk to people all the time. I get in their business and then we you know, go away and then I know that they move forward in a way that is more reflective of what they want it to be. And I'm just one part of their overall story. So that's exciting for me because then they're a part of mine and then the cycle of life continues on. So yeah, yeah. yeah. We both very much like enjoy the connection that we get through the podcast. So we can kind of relate there. And then even though it, it is just a touch point, you said before you even started this, you were that friend, like everyone has a friend in their group that they're the person you go to and like shit's getting real <laughs> and they need someone to be like, Hey, you're being a little, little crazy or you're not thinking about this or whatever it is. And they help sort through it, but you found your gift and now you're applying it to the world. And I think that's kind of in some way, like the ultimate goal for at least a good chunk of people. And now you're helping others do it. So I, I'm sure there's been, it's not all been roses and daisies along the way. And failure is a big part of that. So I'll bring us down a little. <laughs> but well, I mean, well, <laughs> well, I was just going to say, like, even this situation of there's going to be someone who's like, OK, I could see how I could use this. And then they're going to tell you a bunch of stuff and you're going to have to be like, all right, man, you might not want to hear this. But this is some realities that I don't think you're maybe aware of. Right. Because one of the, I think one of the first steps for me in my late 20s where things really changed was awareness. And thankfully, I had individuals already in my life that were instigating kind of that thought process of maybe you're not as aware of yourself as you think you are, or maybe you're not as aware of why you feel the way you feel about, you know, like the example of the job. I hate my job. Well, why do you hate the job? Right. And if you're just going there and saying, I hate my job, and you're not thinking that there's a way out. Right. So, um, like one thing that I think would be really interesting to talk to you about is um, having the understanding that you don't have to force yourself into a position and go, well, I'm committed to it no matter what, because with new information, we are adaptable creatures, our brains, our bodies, they adapt. That's what they do. That's why we survive half the time at least. And so part of that would be adapting with new information, right? So if I'm, if I'm working at whatever, I don't want to like say anywhere. And then they're like, how could you, right? If I'm working at X, Y, Z, and I don't enjoy, you know, ringing up customers products and like bagging it for them and they're going home. And I learned that about myself. Why would I keep doing it? Right. Um, And sure. There's the one thing of, I got to pay the bills, but I mean, 
think about how unique your position is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so it's like, we're not all going to be clarity coaches. I mean, I'm going to try really hard. Um, <laughs> but, but you know what I'm saying is if, if you can at least open your mind enough and become aware of like your potential, which is maybe re- really why everybody needs a clarity coach is you can break out of whatever cycle you're in, you know, whether it was inherited or the environment forced you into it. You know, hopefully that makes some sense. Yeah. And what immediately came to mind <clears throat> as you were saying all of that is the sunk cost fallacy. Are you all familiar with that? In any no, oh, but no. <laughs> I am ready to be enlightened. Please yeah. lay it on us. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure it's like economics or business term, wherever the origin is, cite me later. But the premise of it is essentially saying that when you invest something into a thing, you're less likely to stop that investment because of what you've already put in. So for example, relationship, you use the job example, let's do another one. Relationship, sometimes you'll hear people say, I gave you the best years of my life. What do you mean you wanna break up now? I can't walk away. Because to them, they've invested five years, 10 years, two weeks, whatever. So for them to stop at that moment would essentially render everything that came before worthless. So that comes up a lot of times where people are not ready to make a new decision with new information because of what they've already invested, whether it be time, energy, money, whatever the case is. Like I put all of this into this thing so it has to work because the person I was when I made the investment can't look stupid, can't look dumb in all of these things. And that really just robs you of the opportunity to actually do what you wanna do. Like if you know it's not working, why consciously choose to do the thing that's not working moving forward? Like that's you choosing to waste more time, effort, energy, money, whatever the case may be. So that's really the tie-in that I'm hearing with what you just said is, if you don't like bagging whatever you're bagging and you know checking people out in the checkout lane, it's okay to make a new decision. You're, it doesn't mean that what you did before was worthless or you know a waste of your time. It means that you took the time and you're honoring yourself enough to be true and honest and giving yourself a chance to go towards whatever your happiness and fulfillment might look like at this point in time moving forward. And I, I think that was a great way of explaining it. You, you know, so just on the, I guess the topic of relationship, like I, I haven't thought about that way of explaining it, but there, there is also the, even if it's a short-term, let's say it was a one-year relationship, like you're still going to have to grieve that. But one thing that I think a lot of people I feel like when I was younger, my mentality was, okay, if I'm, if I'm leaving a relationship, right, it's, well, what about all the work we put in, even though I, I wasn't aware of that's what it was, right? That investment mentality is what I'll call it. Um, but the other part of it is, you know, what's wrong with me and like something, this is all bad. There's nothing good that comes from it because it, it ended up ending in the end, but it's like all of that experience still happened. And, and even if there's ups and downs, good and bad situations. Yeah. Yeah, It's, it's, it's a learning experience. Right. And, and so I think as we get older, we can see that where there's life experience, there's self experience that it it teaches you things if you allow it to. Right. Um, And I'm assuming that you probably have to like point that out to people. Right. If, if they're, especially if they're looking for clarity of relationships and whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it comes down to, well, what are you defining as success? Are you measuring the success of a relationship based on, you know, the experiences you had within it, the way you were feeling, the way your partner or partners made you feel and the things you were able to do and learn together? 
or are you measuring it by how long it lasts? Because those are two very different metrics and they're gonna yield very different results when you're trying to measure up against them. So, you know, when I speak about defining success and happiness for yourself, that's what it comes down to, is you're the only person who will be able to say at the end of the day, whether or not something works out for you. And that's all based on how you choose to define what working out for you means, how you choose to define what being okay means. Can you say that regardless of whether or not this is a short-term thing, a long-term thing or a forever thing, I will be okay at the end of it because I'm able to look back and see everything that came from it. That's what you need to figure out for yourself. I, I really like the point of, cause at the end of any relationship and it can even be a non-romantic, like just to open it up even more. If you have to cut someone out of your life because it's no longer healthy or serving you, it doesn't mean the whole thing was bad. Like, and they typically I've seen, even in my experience, friends experience other, like even in movies, they go automatically to like, the whole thing was bad. This, this all was awful for you. Is that what you're saying? But when you're able to look at it, like, no, it wasn't all bad, but at the end of the day, I have these wants and needs, or I've changed or whatever the reason is. And I have to honor that regardless of the relationship. And it doesn't mean you're being selfish. It just means ultimately you spend your whole life with you and you can't, you know, screw yourself over and over again to mitigate pain for someone else. Is that a common I mean, thread that gets pulled a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, what comes to mind as you say that is, could you imagine how much more grace we would have collectively oh. if we had that viewpoint? Right? If we could say, me choosing to walk away from this thing is not an indicator or not an indictment on you and what you're able to provide or who you are as a person, it's a reflection of my changing needs and desires and capacity. And then on the flip side, knowing and trusting that when people choose to walk away from us, it's not an indictment or an indicator of our worth or value. It's just a reflection of their needs. Their needs and wants and changes have changed in a way that we can no longer meet that would release us from so much stress and pain and needing to decipher and explain away and justify. Y'all just live your life. Like at the end of the day, mm -hmm. we're on a floating rock. Half of the stuff is fake. So just do what you can while you can do it and just allow yourself to have that grace and that compassionate curiosity as you move forward. So I love that because a, a lot of us don't, allow ourselves to think that way because it's like well that's selfish or it's this or it's that like like I, I've had people say to me before of and I get it I'm kind of an unusual guy right like I can be goofy and kind of weird right like whatever but I eventually realized that I started to take it as a compliment because I I didn't like what the normal was where it was like well you know normally whether blah 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 like this is how it's done so that's how we're gonna do it why like we adapt that that is something i firmly believe in so a big thing that changed for me is i i had some individuals that i i, I guess i'll say i had to move on from it, there was a lot of toxicity and one i i had to grieve the relationship even though it was like hey i have to move on for myself right and again to some people it's like hey why are you being so selfish i'm the only one that can really deal with the the thing inside my head, right? Those thoughts and, and the feelings and the compassion towards myself. And I, I have to rely on that or learn to rely on that. So 
what was really important to me is as I moved on, I, I did have to grieve, I guess, the relationships. But the other part was not allowing some of the negativity that came from acknowledging things that were there that were very toxic mm-hmm. and still enjoy like the good memories. The, the, the memories didn't have to be tainted is what I'm trying to say. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's great that I'm sure you've already, you know, helped people and you're probably going to help a lot of other people kind of be able to acknowledge that because the thing, all of that led me to eventually going, stop taking everything personally. Mm-hmm. Most of this has nothing to do with you. <laughs> and, and like that kind of hurts, but you're like, mm. It's, it's like, I guess that's an, better. Yeah. <laughs> there's an accuracy to that. Am I wrong of like most of the time people's emotions and reactions and, and projections have really nothing to do with you and everything to do with them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I get mad at someone and I'm like, Oh, like back when I just allowed myself to blame things because it would make me feel better. Right. Mm-hmm. Stop blaming things and start taking more responsibility. It was super uncomfortable. But I assume, I guess, you end up walking people into that confrontation of self, right? Oh, where they God. have to start going, where, well, it's like, hey, man, like, you kind of got to take some responsibility for your emotions and acknowledging them and understanding them. And then it sounds like you provide the tool as well of this is how you can understand it. Yeah, in some degree. And, and I will say by the time someone you know, wants to meet with me or have a conversation with me, they've already gotten to the point where they realize that it is them, right? They realize that they are the common denominator in every single thing that's gone right and every single thing that's gone wrong. Like newsflash, if you're listening, you're like, whoa, what? Yeah, you, like, if you look at all the experiences, you you are the only person who was there through all of them. So like at some point you gotta, you know, really look at yourself and figure out what am I bringing to the situation? You know, of course, you know, things notwithstanding, but it is what it is. So a lot of times folks are coming to me ready to have that conversation about, okay, now that I know this thing, what do I do to move forward? It's very different than to have someone force you to have a conversation. Like that's why I left my last job, right? When I was meeting with students in student conduct, they didn't, they didn't want, want to, to. Yeah. They didn't want <laughs> he told them that you need to meet with Miss Morris at 12 o'clock, right? And I, they probably fought it like with every bit of their being. <laughs> fiber okay um but now people are opting into these conversations and that's what's really so exciting about it is more and more people are realizing that what you've had doesn't need to be what you have moving forward not to say that what you've had or what you you know are currently navigating is heinous sometimes you just want a little bit more sometimes you want something different and giving yourself that permission to say okay if i keep thinking about this if i keep having these questions there's something there. So let me pull this string a little bit more and see how the ball unravels and what yarn is at the end of it. Man. Until the whole thing's on the floor and then you got to put it back in. <laughs> and then you can <laughs> into whatever you want it to be. Yeah. Let's see, yeah. look, you turn it around perfectly. And I, I'm sure a lot of the times you have to get people over the barrier of the negative, like them thinking this is all bad, or this is a, I failed at doing this. Why do I think I can go do this other thing? How do you normally approach that when they're stuck in that mindset? By really encouraging them to be nice to you, like be nice to yourself, be kind to yourself, right? Like if you're approaching something from a space of I'm all wrong, or I'm not enough, or I need to wait until this magical moment before I can deserve or earn this thing that I keep saying I want, this thing that's been on my heart for however long, this thing that keeps me up at night, 
that's not nice. <laughs> like, like, like at the fundamental yeah. level. So I can't make you love yourself enough. I can't make you treat yourself with kindness. I can reflect back to you that I'm not quite sure if you heard yourself, but this is what I'm hearing you say. Is that actually what you mean? Right? Because mm -hmm. if that's the case, that's a very different conversation. I don't care what job you want. I don't care what relationship you're looking for. If you don't believe that you get to have that, if you think that your life needs to be one of suffering until you earn some type of grace, like you don't need a clarity coach. You need to sit down with the journal. I'll give you some prompts and then we can mm -hmm. meet again and then have a conversation about yeah. what actions to take moving forward. So I think I mean, it's being kind to yourself. I, I think that's something everyone needs to hear. And the strange part about it is there was a time in my life where people were saying that to me. Like I needed to hear it. They knew I needed to hear it. They were saying it. Everybody was doing their job except for me because I, I was stuck in this routine and I was stuck in this thought cycle. And, you know, if you keep ingesting the same thing over and over, whether it's mentally, physically, spiritually, you're not really going to get different results. And of course, you know, if you get to a point where you keep doing that over and over and you start expecting different results, isn't that basically you go crazy, right? Yeah. So what was really interesting to me is, you know, we all probably heard the phrase or a version of it where, you know, you take a horse to water, but you can't make it drink the water. Mm -hmm. And for a long time, I was the horse that wanted to be dragged to the water and then forced to drink the water. <laughs> and it was like, that's not how it's going to work. Like it, it just won't. And it's like, well, why not? And they're like, cause if I try to make you drink the water, you're going to drown. And then you're just dead. <laughs> like no one wins there, buddy. And <laughs> it's, it's, it's so wild because, you know, even, even the revelation that some people have of you are the common denominator and everything that's happened in your life, you are the one thing that was consistent. Right. And I don't know. I just feel like you, you're, probably like clarity coach slash like truth dropper. <laughs> like you're just dropping truth on people. And they're like, Oh my God. <laughs> um, because, because the, the other thing too is, is that you already kind of made a point and I've been trying to wrap my head around it of the people that are coming to you have started to recognize things and they're like, Hey, I need a little bit of help with this. Or maybe, maybe I don't, I have the pieces, but I don't know how to put them together. And so Is there any kind of advice that you can have for people who, like, for instance, I was the horse that needed to be dragged to the water and then needed to figure out to drink it, right? Mm -hmm. Made it past that. But then once you recognize that about yourself, you'll see it in other people. Mm -hmm. Again, you you have the understanding that you can't, you can't make them drink the water or, you know, change, even if they're like asking for it, they have to do it. I mean, what would your advice be to people? Like, hey, I'm watching this person go through this thing. I want to help them, but they have to want to help themselves. So what's my option? Yeah. Yeah. So two things immediately come to mind, right? Like nothing changes until something changes. And eventually mm. you're going to get sick of your own shit. That is <laughs> where the most change comes from, right? I started going to the gym regularly, started doing my little yoga when I was tired of my back and my knee hurting right? Mm -hmm. A horse is going to eventually drink the water when it's thirsty. So realizing that you can't make anyone do anything. Control, you can support yeah. them. You can, you know, serve as an example. You can give them 
suggestions and show them what's possible. But at the end of the day, it is not your responsibility to make anyone do anything, nor is it within your power to make anyone do anything. And I think a lot of times, you know, when you are a caring person, when you see people struggling, you just, you like, you can see it and you just want to like shake them so that they can see it as well. But that is not the best use of your time, effort and energy. You're just going to be frustrated, resentment might grow and you're neglecting yourself in pursuit of this other thing. So for folks who are watching people, you know, navigating things in ways that they would do differently, I would just tell you to mind your business, right? Like, and most succinctly, mind your business and focus on yourself. And what can you do to show them what's possible? What can you do to be there to support them? Um, because you also don't know everything, right? We think that we know, but we actually have no idea. It's like the diary. You remember MTV Diaries back in the day? Oh my gosh, yes, yes. <laughs> That's what I, I, I heard of it. I never saw it. So. Oh, man, what a great docuseries. But anyway, like even, you know, how many people turn around and say, like, I, I, I have no idea who you are. I, you know, laid in bed next to you for years. I worked beside you for decades. And there's still these layers that we have no insight into. Um, so Appreciate rather than trying to force someone to do something, just give them the space to figure it out, because eventually they will get tired of their own shit and they're going to need a support system to help them. You can choose to be that support system or you can remove yourself from the equation by trying to force them into something and then actually ruin a relationship that you say you're trying to advance. Yeah. Well, uh, one, I never thought about that of like, well, think about it, man. The horse eventually gets thirsty and I was like, <laughs> that's what happened to me. I was just thirsty. Right? I was so thirsty. Um, but, but the other thing is I've had to really deal with a part of myself that does have, I guess I would say an insatiable need to have control. And as I identified it, I realized that having control of anything other than yourself. So meaning, you know, my environment and, and the people in that environment, I can, I can kind of control, I can decide who's coming in, who's coming out. But even then you don't know what strangers are going to interact with. The only thing I can really control would be the way I receive things, right? Like my reaction or my decision to observe instead of react at all. If, if I had that kind of control of my emotions, but otherwise, I, I mean, there's these job titles that we end up with, right? Like you know, I'm the manager's manager's manager. Like <laughs> I have power and control. And it's like, you know, some crazy person comes in here and burns the whole thing to the ground. I don't know how much control you had to stop that. Right. Like there, there's this weird illusion out there of, of there is an importance for ranking, but titles don't really give you security. Yeah like power control. and control yeah. or yeah you have no idea what people are going to do for whatever reason I, I thought that was a good point it's all an illusion wow and yeah. podcast guys good job no. <laughs> well i wanted to Just... go back to the the point that sam made way like way long ago but comparing truth to clarity i feel like in a way you're helping people find their truth and that's the same as clarity does that sound right or yeah, okay. I refer to it as like the capital T truth of like, we're all told these things, right? We're told that when you get a certain job title that gives you a certain amount of security. We all know that that's not true because if you look at the last couple of years, there's a lot of people who had certain jobs that they thought <laughs> was going to be 
their safety net. There's a lot of structures that we bought into collectively as a society that we thought was designed to protect us or keep us safe or whatever the case is. And we see that that's not true. And it's a matter of realizing, okay, there's a place for all of this. And within this, what actually is true for me? Like, how do I choose to engage with this? What type of weight do I choose to give to this thing over my life and into my life and around my life? So yeah, it's a, it's a mix of both. And the clarity helps you identify the truth. And then the truth helps you figure out what your metric of clarity is. So it's a never ending circle. Yeah, I'll um, use the, the eyebrow analogy where they're not sisters or twins, they're cousins. Yeah. So you're, you're close, but not, a, not really the same thing. I find it wild how um, perfect this conversation is like happening for me where I started to think about, let's call it the capital T truth of like, who am I? Like I started reading books, I guess, listening to books and, and some of those books, because I eventually got stuck on the, on the concept. And I, I still think it's a good tool in terms of trying to have some sort of compass because uh, I haven't met a clarity coach yet, but here we are. Um, so in my brain, I was like, what's important? And that would be, you know, mind, body and, and soul, like spirituality. Right. And so one of the things that I was doing was trying to read books about the mind and trying to figure out parts of me that I neglected or maybe I was just subconsciously afraid to approach. Right. So I'm reading these books and I'm finding the right ones and things are starting to click. And identity was a really interesting thing because it would talk about how, um, so I'm not really a sports fan. I'm not anti-sports. I just, it doesn't, it's something I haven't invested in, right? So they would talk about how, you know, let's, let's go with Texas. So Dallas Cowboys is a football team in Texas and people diehard fan. Their, their grandpappy did it. Their dad did it. They're doing it. Everybody's been doing it. They're going to do it till they die, right? that's a part of their identity so when the cowboys lose a game they're like oh this whole day is like horrible like we failed we lost like they identify with losing that game even though it was like dude that was just entertainment but they identified with it so e easy for me to be like wow that's silly like you're you're <laughs> upset because the team lost because you feel like you lost but then as soon as you apply it to something i identify with you, you know the light bulb comes on i'm like uh, it's not so silly after all, is it? Um, you know, I go to do like a PR deadlift and I fail at it. People will be like, hey, it's not a big deal. Like you were trying to pick up a lot of weight. It's kind of crazy that you're trying to even do that. Why are you doing that? Because I identify with the gym. I identify with that growth, right? So even though I'm in my early 30s, all of a sudden I'm, I had to confront myself about, I don't really know who I am because I've just been bending myself to fit in the situations that I'm stumbling upon, whether it's a workplace, family, relationships, whatever it is, where do you begin if you go, hey, I don't know who I am? Mm -hmm. So I actually have a lovely course on this called Life by Design. And I essentially walk <laughs> you through this question, right? Because you're right. A lot of us don't know who we are outside of who people have told us to be or who mm. we are, right? I mean, logically, biologically, it makes sense. When we're little, we need people to tell us what to do. So a lot of us are imprinted by our family, our society, our community, our church, if we have a religious upbringing. And then we get into the real world and we have no idea what to do outside of those labels and those roles we've played. Um, so this is something in my higher ed upbringing, 
the process of self-actualization, right? There's an entire theory, student development theory about it, but the summary is after a while you start identifying where you find your sense of self, who you look to to tell you what's right and wrong, how you start you know, developing some sort of moral compass, who you start looking to be an authority. And a lot of people don't move beyond the first two levels where we look outside of ourselves to figure that out, right? We're looking at our parents, we're looking at our partners, we're looking at our friends, we're looking at our bosses. And it's because it's hard. It's hard to sit down and say, okay, I know you told me that as the eldest daughter, I should be the one who manages everyone's expectations and shoulders all the burdens. If you watched Encanto, Under Pressure is one of my yeah. favorite tracks. Yeah. It's so much better than Bruno's song. <laughs> but it speaks Bruno's so is easy for everyone to get stuck on, yeah. yeah. But it's, it speaks to this entire notion of you shoulder all these things because that's all you've ever known. So for you to sit there and say, you know what, I don't want to hold this anymore. This is actually hard for me. That makes, that forces you to, you know, question, well, why did these people put these roles on me? Was it for their benefit or was it for mine? So it's an entire existential crisis that you go through. And I think it really comes down to one, recognizing that it's a question you're allowed to ask. And then two, allowing yourself to honor, to answer it honestly. And then three, trusting the answer when you find it and allowing that answer to change over time. So it immediately instigated the thought, Obviously, uh, I am the the man of a thousand questions, but um, <laughs> so so like you start to figure out your truth, right? And so let's use religion. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not a I'm not a religious person. Uh, I'm I'm not saying there is or isn't a god. I I just I never stuck to a religion. But I've known people who they were raised, uh, you know. I'm not going to pick one. They were raised in a religion <laughs> and then they got to a point where they, they were able to figure out their truth was I don't identify with this and I don't necessarily agree with it. I'm not saying it's wrong, but I'm saying it's not for me, right. but then it's the whole thing of, okay, I figured out that's my truth, but I don't want to tell, you know, mom, dad, grandma, brother, you know, cousin Sally, like, I don't want to tell my friends who are religious because one, I don't want them to go, Oh, you're not one of us. Mm-hmm. Right it's natural for us to do that. Like if you, if you take the time and you figure out what your truth is, that doesn't mean you have to go into your job and like F you Barbara (laughs) and screw you Steve. And like, right. Like I figured out my truth. I don't like you or, you know, I hate this job. You don't, you've already done that that. once. You can't do it again. (laughs) Yeah. You're cool. Right. Um, But so, so that seems like a weird situation that's inevitably going to happen when you start seeking the truth of self and then how to react because at, at what point does it start to feel like, well, now I'm not being true to myself because I have to withhold my truth so I can get a paycheck. I can maintain family relationships or whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's it right there. It's balancing all of these things and, I speak about this sometimes and there's this whole notion of work-life balance. And I'm using that because you talked about Barbara and Steve. It's always Barbara and Steve. Sorry for the Barbara and Steve who are listening. (laughs) But, you know, we we have this idea of work-life balance. And essentially what that is assuming or suggesting is that work is one part of your existence and then life is everything else. That makes no sense. Mm -hmm. We are so much more than a job title and then everything else. 
And I speak about in the course I mentioned, like the 11 areas of your life that intersect, right? So some of it is your caretaking relationship. Some of it is your romantic relationships, your financial wellness and um, well-being, and all of these different things. And they all intersect with each other. So to your question and the example you just gave, if you're realizing that there's an area of your life that no longer applies or an area of your life that you want to navigate differently, it's going to impact everything else, right? Because you are one person, wherever you go, that's where you are. That doesn't mean you need to broadcast it, right? Like I just finished Bridgerton in two days after waiting two years. That doesn't mean I'm gonna take that information with me into the gym, right? That doesn't mean I'm gonna take that information with me to work. So it's just about you know recognizing that that's part of you and knowing when you want to share it because time and place matters. And then also knowing that you don't really need anyone else's approval, right? If you are so concerned about other people not accepting it or other people not agreeing with it, you can make the choice to either not disclose it at all, disclose it and give them the space to remove themselves from your life or disclose it and give them the space to get on board with it. Those are your three options. And then other options, you know, trickle down from there. But it's a matter of choosing, again, how do I want this truth to manifest itself in my life? And what am I willing to sacrifice, right? Am I willing to sacrifice my happiness for someone else's comfort? Or am I going to have that difficult conversation when and if it arises? Well, I recently had, I guess, an acknowledgement. Um, funny enough, uh, I kind of started to segue away, away from Facebook a long time ago because it was it did. It was this weird thing where it just turned into it was a bunch of spoilers about whatever current TV show or like maybe a political rant or it was like, I don't know, weird stuff where like people were just like putting their thoughts. And I was just like, hey, that's cool. You can think whatever you want to think. But on Instagram, I found out really quickly that I could follow things like weird hashtags that I didn't at the time seem to apply to Facebook, where it was like positive thinking and just looking at art or motivational quotes and so my instagram feed was always these things that were kind of sending what felt like positivity right one thing that recently popped up i think i was just playing around on instagram was talking about how a lot of us and it resonated with me which is why i'm bringing it up we get this weird notion from somewhere somehow i blame hollywood i guess that we have to kill the i i guess one term I've heard is like the shadow self, right? You have to kill that. You got to get rid of it. It's bad. Get rid of the bad. Stuff it deep down inside or something, right? And then yeah. let the good stuff come to the surface and just pay attention to that. And it was like, how insane is that? You're, you're going you're gonna to create a severe duality, lock part of it into a deep, dark hole, and it's just going to fester and ferment. Get and really probably, bad. Yeah. It's going to get real bad. And when it gets strong enough, it's going to overtake the positive <laughs> side anyway, right? Yes. It was like, these things are meant to coexist. You need to understand both the good and the bad. Like, you're not going to be perfect. You probably shouldn't want to be perfect because it's it's okay to strive for perfection as long as you are fully aware that it's, it, it's unattainable, right? Yes. Secret of life, people. Perfection is unattainable. <laughs> I solved yeah. it. You're going to make me quote Harry Potter. And like, I've been very good at not doing that in this podcast, <laughs> but when Sirius Black is talking to Harry, he goes, the world and people aren't just Death Eaters and good wizards. It's not one or the other. And it applies to like yourself too. This is not Sirius talking, this is me. <laughs> but like, 
It's not, and Sam and I have had a lot of conversations like that. Everything, a lot of people want it to just, just be black and white, like this very clear newspaper print. This is your answer, or this is what I am, like on a page right here. But everything's a sliding scale. It's going back and forth. Maybe you don't move much and you're just over on this side a little bit, but you're changing. Change is the only constant. And you have to, like you said, you can express as much of that as you want, but you don't have to go on Facebook and write a novel and be like, well, Barbara and Steve are evil and I hate them. And uh, I don't care if I get fired for this stupid post. <laughs> Hashtag this is yeah. my truth, right? And then like tag your company. <laughs> Yeah, if you choose to do that, be okay with the consequences of that, right? And yeah. this brings me back to, this is like 80% of the conversations I would have with students because I used to work at one of the universities I worked at was like top tier university, like straight A students, like future senators and Supreme Court justices that league. And they would come in, you know, after we get a report, we need to meet with them about whatever incident happened, alleged policy violation. And I go over, you know, the report we received and I would say 80% of the time it was, you know, I have no idea what happened. This is not me. I'm such a good student. I'm a student leader. I've done all these things. And I would have to like remind them or enlighten them to the fact that but it was you, right? And what you're seeing is who you have the capacity to be. You are now seeing the types of decisions that you can make. You're seeing the types of actions you can take. You're seeing the options that you neglect and use this as an opportunity to show you what you no longer want. Because if you don't want to feel this way ever again, if you don't want to have to talk to some random lady ever again about what happened a few nights ago, then now you know, and you can make different decisions moving forward. But this, this urge that we have to, again, compartmentalize and like put things in a box when we don't like how it works out of like, oh, well, that doesn't count. Or, you know, it wasn't me. You're the only constant in all of your experiences. So now you know who you have the capacity to be. And if you don't like that, then don't do it again. Make something, make a different choice moving forward. And if you do like it, then continue forward in the way that works for you. Oh yeah. Um, you're speaking my language. I, I'm sure there's people listening and, and they're probably having a moment where they're starting to ponder things. Right. And like, that's, that's great. That's, part of why we enjoy this podcast. I mean, selfishly, it's because I get to meet people every week and, <laughs> and I love that. There it is. But, you know, yeah, uh, it, full, uh, you know, truth, right? I, I think it's interesting because I've had times where, oh, hey, like, just excuse that part of me because I was stressed out of my mind uh, and, and, like, I try to validate whatever or defend myself. And slowly but surely over time, as my desire to find a neutral space, because you know, like, okay, so people drink and it's it, everyone knows or anyone paying attention knows that it's a depressant. And so like, maybe you'll feel a little like happy at first, but it's, it's eventually going to turn south if you, if you let it. And it's just accenting maybe things that you've stuffed deep down inside or, or whatever it is. Right. And, and I'm sure that applies with, with other things as well, but this isn't like a dare program or anything. So, <laughs> you know, it's, it's interesting because when you start going down this path, there are things that you'll be confronted with that are going to be super duper uncomfortable. And you're going to probably have, I'm speaking, I guess, from my experience thus far, because it's still pretty new for me, maybe like a year or two, where things are going to get really weird because either you're going to have these 
pockets of time where you have a lot of expansion, a lot of conscious growth, like consciousness growth, uh, you know, physical growth, just financial growth, whatever it is that you're applying yourself to and, and achieving. And then you're going to have the opportunity because I, I guarantee you, if I went from making $30,000 uh, a year for five years, and then all of a sudden there's a year where I make a million dollars and I keep doing that, I am going to change because money will accent what's already there, right? Whenever it gets to a point where a person asks you, okay, hey, like, how do you help people? You explain it and they go, okay, can you help me with this? And then you start helping them with it and they start to reject it. Do you just have to point out, hey, it's okay that you're feeling the way you're feeling? Because a lot of this is about acceptance and then giving yourself time to, I guess, process, right? I mean, you want to just be like, wham, there you go. And then accept it, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, and I say this lovingly with, you know, as much care and concern as possible, but like, I don't care. I don't care about your outcome, right? I am just some random lady speaking with you. You are the person who has to live with yourself on either side of this. So my role isn't to force anyone to make any changes. My role isn't to convince anyone of anything. You chose to come to me. You mm -hmm. chose to log into the Zoom. I give you many reminders so you can forget them at any point, right? So there's a reason that you you know, initiated this interaction, you logged in to have our conversation today, you haven't hung up the Zoom yet, you haven't left the room. So there's some small part of you that actually wants this. So it's up to you to decide what is it that you want and how bad do you want it? Because again, when we leave this room together, you're stuck with yourself, right? And again, eventually you're gonna get thirsty. <laughs> eventually you're gonna get tired of your shit. So of course there are people, I know of a few clients who, you know, I give them, we go through all the motions, we have the conversation and then they don't do the thing. I'm not, I can't control you. All I can do is serve as a reminder of, okay, what is it that you want from this experience? What brought you here? And what are you hoping the end result will look like? Because eventually we're all gonna die. So you can either die knowing <laughs> that you had the capacity and you actively chose not to, or you can die knowing that at least you did all you could while you, while you could. And those are two very different ways to go out. Yes. In a weird way, that's really comforting for me because I say that a lot and people are like, dude, a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people just go, uh, he was in the Marine Corps, so that's where he's all messed <laughs> up. And I'm like, I'm not going to deny anything. But at the same time, that is that was something that I found a lot of comfort in when I acknowledged it, whenever I acknowledged it of that was like the only two things that I knew were for sure is like, I was born. Yes. Well, this is where like my mom calls me and it's like, <laughs> Hey, you were a test tube baby. No. Um, <laughs> it, it's like, I knew that I was born and I knew I was going to die. And so I didn't have to take everything else so seriously because you already kind of have the ending of the book, but yes. there's still enough mystery that, you know, there's wonder and excitement, right? You are right. I love that. You're like, look, dude, like I'm here to help, but <laughs> like, I, like you've got to, you've got to do the thing. You have to live with yourself, you, whatever. And it's weird because like, I, I wouldn't say you're being blunt. You're just like, it's literally just honesty. Hey man, it's, like it's your whole job your, to be like, this, yeah. I have an unbiased opinion telling you what, do you, want? what you, what you wanted to hear. <laughs> right. And a lot of times I'm not, 
I don't say anything that people don't know, right? Mm. It's just sometimes the things they don't want to acknowledge or the things they want to ignore because it's very easy to assume that we will have a tomorrow, right? Mm. And I think because I've dealt so personally, like I lost my father when I was in college, like I've lost my grandmother in the last couple of years, like these stark reminders of like, we only have so much time. And like, sure, you can look at it as like a morbid thing, or you can look at it as a gift. Like you mean to tell me that if I wake up tomorrow, I get to do this all over again. I get to make a new choice. When people talk about, you know, I don't like getting older. I don't like birthdays. You do realize the alternative. I love <laughs> birthdays. What a gift it is to be able to say, you know what? I get to do another lap around the sun. I get to have several more lunar cycles where I can figure this thing out. And I think it's a perspective that yes, it can be like real stark and like, you know, dark and gloomy, or it can just be a reminder. It could be a celebration of you get to do anything yeah. you want to do. Really, we have the internet. Financial health outcomes, health outcomes are comparably better than they were before. Like, yes, there's going to be strife and struggle, but like, let's think about it for a second. So with that, you can either stay in a situation that you know is no longer serving you just to say that you made it through, or you can take the steps you know are going to help propel you forward in the way you want to go. That's really, it's, it's very simple. <laughs> so like, it at is. that point, yeah. It's the shift of perspective, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say, it's a lot mindset, but it's also, like, you were saying some people already know this, but they don't want it. They're like, mm -mm, nope, I, I'm not, like, you can't make me do it yet. I know you're 100% right, but I, I don't want it. <laughs> do you ever refer to it as, like, taking a leap or, like, even just that tiny first step? And then they go, oh, it's not so bad. I didn't die. I'm all right. <laughs> Yeah, like just break it up into little chunks. No one is saying that you need to quit your job tomorrow. I recognize that that's not fiscally responsible for some people. You've got dependents, you've got obligations, sure. But in the meantime, what are you going to do? Because it takes the same amount of energy to complain as it does to do something that you want to do. And recognizing that your job doesn't need to fulfill all parts of your life. What are you doing outside of work? Do you have hobbies? Do you have friends? Let's figure out what that can look like together. Um, I think it's, again, that mindset shift, that perspective shift of like, you don't need to live your life complaining. You don't need to live your life struggling. That is not a badge of honor. There's no oppression Olympics. Of course, there are things that suck and are heinous and are quite shitty, right? That's going to exist. So why add on to that willingly, right? Mm -hmm. When we talk about control of the things you can control, why opt into your own struggle? Yeah. Yeah. And and uh, you can acknowledge your struggle, but also move on. <laughs> like a lot of right. people feel like I know many people who are stuck in that. Like something horrible happened 20 years ago. They're still in that stage of this horrible thing happened to me. And for me, I've gone through loss and all of that as well, too. That happened to me. And then I was like, I need to do something because this is not a place to live. And you start to open up yeah. and move forward. Yeah. It it's interesting. We've kind of talked about it on here. And of course, like Megan and I know each other. It's only been like, like five years or something, but um, just a measly five years, whatever. Like I, I've lost people and each time it was, it created different things. And, you know, as you get older and as you grow, you learn to grieve differently or, you know, whatever. And with one of the, the big ones that happened to me, you know, uh, it was like a year and a half ago. 
it shifted how I felt about death, how I felt about dying, how I thought about other people that had died in my life. It was insane to me. Uh, and, and it felt really negative and unfair, but then it slowly shifted into, okay, well, this is, this is your opportunity to go take it for what it is and then decide what effect it's going to have on your life, right? Like what direction are you going to allow it to, to take you? Thankfully, I can say that it took me in the direction that I wanted it to because I think I mindfully made that choice during the grieving process, right? But I talked to my friend today while we were working out and we talked about how it's so wild that, you know, the initial response that I had when my friend passed away, I mean, it like knocked me out of my uh, like routine, like completely and utterly. I didn't care about my job. I didn't care about people. I didn't care about myself. It was all over. It felt like the world ended, right? It's part of grief. And it did. It kept me in this different mindset for quite a while. But then thankfully I was aware enough, but you start to notice that you just start going right back into the routine and back into the old way of thinking. And if you aren't paying attention, you'll just slip right back to where you probably were before, right? Where it just, you take it for granted, I guess would be the right way. And we were talking about how there are individuals that got diagnosed with terminal cancer and everyone around them is like, oh God, how, the, how could this happen? This is the worst thing ever. I'm so sorry for you and your family. And the person with terminal cancer is like, well, one, I'm the one that's about to die. And two, I have never been so free to live my life ever before. Mm-hmm. And, and then, you know, it instigated this conversation of there are people who they, they've had cancer before and it's changed their life forever where they were like, I never went back because all of a sudden they saw the, I can't take it for granted. But then there's other people and not that it's right or wrong. They had cancer. It was like, oh my God, I'm going to die. They were forced to, to face their mortality. But slowly but surely, they just got stuck back into the, the cycle, right? Day in and day out of the routine. And then before you know it, you're not thinking about it, right? And and so again, I, I guess I use the words taking for granted, but it doesn't have to necessarily be that. I guess I guess I don't really have a point to all that other than it's it's easy to have like the the ups and downs, right? Where you're paying attention to it and then you stop, or it's important to you and it goes away. And so that's where I think part of it is a forever thing. Cause as much as you want to be due diligence all the time. You know, we get tired. Yeah. We get distracted. And I think that, you know, it's very easy to like stock up on every self-development podcast and book and like know your Enneagram and your Myers-Briggs and all these things. I know all of those things, but it gets to a point where you treat yourself like a, like a HGTV renovation right a fixer upper yeah improve and like fix yourself fix yourself fix yourself and that's coming from a place of thinking you're broken right thinking that there's something to solve something to improve constantly like of course there's development and changes in the ebb and flow like you just mentioned but at some point you just got to stop and just settle right just stop and be observe what's going on figure out okay what is currently happening in my situation in my context what do I want to keep? What do I want to remove? What do I want to add? Then let that settle for a little bit and just live your life, right? Because if you're constantly trying to figure out this next big thing or you're constantly in fear of like, I could get hit by a bus any moment, you're not actually living, right? You're just like a shell of a person navigating the world, but not actually taking in 
any of the things that you're coming into contact with. So I think it's that delicate balance of figuring out how long will I allow myself to be in this funk, right? How long will I allow myself to be in front of the water and not take a sip? And is that actually helpful to me? The answer, it was a really long time. I, I, decades, I don't know, years, (laughs) millennium. I don't know. No. (laughs) It happens though, right? Yeah, there are some people who, like you said, 20 years ago, something happened. And this is not to, again, villainize anyone. If that is how you're choosing to deal with it, if that is the only way you can deal with it, that is how you're dealing with it. I just want you to know, if there's a point you realize, you know what, I might want to try something different or I could do something different. Allow yourself to do something different, right? As opposed to holding on to the label of the person who never let go of it. It's like, you know, in the movies where the high school quarterback goes back and just always talks about the game-winning throw or whatever yeah. they do. Yeah. That's that always peaked what in high school. About. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you keep reliving that one game senior year. Meanwhile, you've had all these other opportunities in front of you, but you haven't been able to see them because you've actively chosen to ignore. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I'm also I, so I, glad I did not peak in high school. I was not cool. <laughs> I did not know so, what I was <laughs> So I, I did have a moment where I acknowledged that I, I became terrified that I had peaked by going into the Marines and having this like I had a really it's a it's a weird experience, right? Because it's like a, a very unusual job. But I had some really cool things happen. Like I climbed Mount Fuji and I saw Tokyo. I got to go to places I never would have gotten to go to if I didn't join. Right. And so these were like very epic things to me. And I got out and all of it just stopped. And it was like, oh, I'm back in my hometown and I'm <laughs> going to school kind of and working a job that's never going to be a career. And so all I wanted to talk about was like, I went to Tokyo one time. And like one, I think, I think again, it was just this fear of like, oh, oh my God, I peaked. And I was like 25 years old. Like it's all over from here. I plan on living to be at least 250. I don't. Um, so really quick i i did want to say uh, a couple of things that you kind of touched on maybe you agree and if you don't definitely clarify but uh i do think that something that really changed for me and i just stuck with it was there weren't really any rules they're all made up but there are consequences that is the truth you don't have to follow any rules you do whatever you want but you will have to pay a consequence and sometimes the consequence is great like you take a leap of faith and it pays off like great. Uh, that's all I'm saying. Like guys, there's no rules. Just understand there are consequences it's, cause and effect. Okay. It's there, there are big consequences. So don't blame yeah. us. If you go streaking <laughs> through the quad or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not going to be so real. Yeah. And a lot of times people don't want to make decisions because they don't know if they can handle the consequences, right? They're not mm-hmm. quite sure what's on the other side of it. And it comes down to it. You can, again, you can do anything you want to do. You don't have to pay taxes. You don't have to follow the speed limit. You don't have to do any of these things. Just know that there is going to be an effect from the cause you put out. And it's up to you to decide if that's something you want to navigate. Just don't be mad or surprised when it happens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can, you can anticipate. Um, the second thing is I guess the way I said that was kind of weird. First thing was, I just wanted to get my two cents in. The second thing was, (laughs) even though you've dropped a lot of knowledge uh, or things to consider, I'll say it that way. This is the part of the podcast where I love to put the spotlight on you uh, even more so than we already have of like, Hey, do you have 
a piece of advice that you think everyone should hear um, or just something that maybe everyone should try to think about, like ponder on? Yeah, I would say in light of this conversation that we've had is really just to give yourself permission to try, right? Give yourself permission to be. A lot of times you look to other people to give us the okay to do things or move forward or try things out. When in reality, just give yourself the permission. I liken it to like, we're not in elementary school. We don't need permission slips to go on the field trip. Life is a field trip, right? <laughs> just give yourself permission to figure it out. And I mean that in terms of, you know, saying no, saying yes, pivoting, changing your mind over and over and over again until you can no longer change your mind. Because like we talked about a little bit <laughs> a while ago, you're dead, right? So every time you're alive, that's another chance to figure it out. So just give yourself permission to do that and be kind to yourself as you do it. I know we touched on this a little bit earlier as well. Give yourself that grace, give yourself that you know, compassionate curiosity to figure out, okay, why am I reacting this way? What's going on in this space? What can I do differently next time? What do I wanna keep the same? Um, so that's really the summary. Be kind and give yourself permission. Bravo. Uh, I would tell you that I think I wanna put a placeholder on our conversation because I'll say if and when, or if or when you come back, I think the placeholder should be, okay, so like, what do you know about enlightenment? And what do you think happens if we do all this work now and we are able to maintain consciousness? What benefits can we have on the other side? like a philosopher basically to like talk about. <laughs> well, what's crazy is I can, I, I mean, obviously you're already extremely intelligent, but I could just picture you like reading up and being like, all right, I'm ready. And then go. I'm going to show up and be, yeah, I'm going to show up and be like, yeah, I'm not actually sure what enlightenment means. I was just like, you know, it was a talking oh point. I mean, right. Um, I, I, I do appreciate that. I, I, I really love this conversation. Uh, hopefully everyone listening uh, was able to, I mean, there had to at least be one nugget of value that you were able to pull from if this. Not, to just at least think about, right? They don't want to drink the um, water. That's on them. <laughs> Don't worry, you'll get thirsty, right? Yeah, that's right. With that all being said, we have to go over to Megan's corner uh, as we wrap up things. Uh, welcome to Megan's corner. I can't follow any of that conversation, though, so don't expect much. Just bring those expectations way down, way down here. Uh, I'll help transition you back into your day with this little corner. <laughs> but... You have to go into like car salesman and be like, we got Facebook, we got, right? <laughs> You're better at that than I am though. That's, that's, yeah, your... that's fair. I have this weird radio voice and everything. You could there. definitely pitch it. I'm just going to, in very docile like tones, say that we're on social media. <laughs> uh, you can find us at Friends of Failure though on pretty much anything. Uh, if you're listening to us, we're on YouTube if you want to see our lovely faces. And one of our favorite parts, you can email us. Eventually we'll have to shut that off when you guys abuse it, but... For now, you can email us at friendsoffailurepodcast at gmail.com. And we really just ask for stories of failure. It can be your own, uh, someone else's if you have permission uh, and consent. It can be anonymous. You could probably make it up and we wouldn't know until it like got pretty obvious. And then Diana's going to be linked wherever you're listening and viewing this. And you can find all her amazing coaching and maybe get some clarity or some some truth to what you're doing if you're really confused right about now. <laughs> so uh, I guess, spoiler alert, you know, obviously the the like Instagram and all that stuff's going to be there, but you have like a website, right? Like if somebody was like, hey, I want to be, 
I guess I'm going to use the word client. Yes. Yeah. That's how, that's how they would do it, right? They'd go to your website. Yes. I do have a website. All my information is there. You can learn about my online courses. You can learn about working with me one-on-one. So come on over to the World Wide web where I live. Perfect. I, I am the internet. Oh, wow. Um, this is going to be great for the enlightenment conversation in the future. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, and you know, one more thing, you know, if you're listening to this, look, you don't even have to share a story uh, that we end up talking about, like just engage conversation with us. I want to talk to the people that are listening. I want to talk to more strangers. That's why I love this podcast. I want to talk to people I don't know. Uh, I love it. So, uh, and then our inbox implodes with like 2000 messages and I have to like change our email. (laughs) Now that I've been given permission to go ahead and say everything, I've been wanting to say this since third grade, right? Awesome. Uh, Well, hey, again, Thanks for having the conversation with us today. Super awesome. Everyone listening, thank you for your time. Uh, Definitely give us your input. And of course, as usual, hopefully it's going to be like this until the day I die. Uh, I want to remind everyone uh, the final thought, which is life is happening for you, not to you. So go do something. Like give yourself permission to try. Drink the water. Don't drink the Kool-Aid, but drink the water. That's right. (laughs) But but make sure the water isn't poisoned to be Kool-Aid, even though... No, I'm kidding. There's Uh, no rules. Drink the water. (laughs) (laughs) You ready for the consequences? If it's not I'm stronger than you, it's I'm wiser than you, I'm more loving than you, I'm more tolerant than you, I'm more sophisticated than you. It doesn't matter what it is, but this constant competition is going on. This is the secret. This is the secret. You can't make a mistake.